Hey there. Yo. What's up? How you doing, Another Ryan? silky smooth episode. Silky smooth. How you doing, Yon? Oh, I'm, I'm a little hungover, Will. Um, we, um, as you know, because you were there, we went nah. to the pub yesterday <laughs> with uh, our guest on the podcast. Yes, a Mr. Wouter. Wouter Verhul. 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 Yeah, I'm I didn't hoping want to, I'm I didn't want to be the one to pronounce his last name. <laughs> he told us. He told us how to say it yesterday, and I think I've forgotten. But yes, Wouter Verhul, who is a very, very talented cinematographer, um, who works on short films, commercials, music videos. Used to be a gaffer, he's been a, been a gaffer on big feature films, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, he's had a really rich and varied uh, career uh, working in Amsterdam for a yeah, lot of it, and yeah. then came over recently uh, to the UK, and he's just come off um, a cinematography course with the NFTS. Yeah, and that's how, how I know him. Uh, so I did a, I shot a commercial with him in December, and I just had, it was such a fun process, the whole the whole thing is very, very committed to every single project that, that he works on and very passionate about it. And he's just a very, very talented guy. Um, and he's just had, yeah, like Yain said, a fascinating journey into film and got a lot of opinions on, on, on film and like how, how it should be. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, yeah. What we'll do is we're, we're going to link um, quite a lot of his work in the episode description. Um, and definitely worth a watch because occasionally we get into the weeds of like mm. specific parts of of his work and um, yeah the production value and the just the storytelling and it's all really really great. Top so, notch. You know, th- thoroughly recommend checking it out during the episode or before or even after. Whatever even you prefer, after. really. It's it's up to you, man. Yeah, you can do what you want. Do you, you do you? <laughs> you do you. Um, I was gonna say that. Um, there's a bit of lingo used by oh, Walter yeah. in the episodes, um, which we try and uh, and stop him and explain a few times. But I think there's things like second AC that he says a lot, which is an assistant camera. Mm-hmm. So someone who's assisting him with the camera. That's a very, very basic description of what that is. Um, I think, yeah, we jump in on the other stuff, too, yeah, don't yeah, we? Yeah, I think we'll be, it, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine, uh, trust us. Especially if you work in film, you're not going to need any descriptions. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting episode. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy. So, um, yeah, we are all drinking tea. Mm. <laughs> it's, mm, a new, it's a new um, short films big question tradition we make tea uh, for us and the guest but will is particularly anal about the tea so will's method is to have the tea bag in for two and a half minutes exactly mm-hmm. and then the tea pack comes out and then the oat milk goes in yeah and if you don't do that it's not a tea it's not a tea and right. it gets very very Vout sad has, has got an, another method uh, <laughs> well, I was mainly wondering. I was mainly wondering about the slurping because now I'm like I'm gonna be very gonna conscious. Be <laughs> <laughs> you know, I drink my tea. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it'll um, add to the ambiance. It will. It will. We've got um, we've got nice lighting. Yeah. Know. Well, I don't know. How would you rate the lighting in <laughs> uh, I mean, the curtains are drawn. Yeah. Apparently, for the sound. <laughs> apparently, kinda, for the sound. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like. I mean, there's done one little streak of sunlight oh, hitting yeah. your shoulder, which is, is kind of oh. nice, there and like go. it bounces because you have a white shirt. It bounces back into your face, and it's like yeah. it's actually quite good. Are you, you a cinematographer? Your, I, <laughs> I might be. A cinematographer. <laughs> do you go wander around rooms and like cafes and things, and you do? Oh, I like this better, man. I do it better. No, but there is, there is like sort of one story that um, 
that a gaffer that I used to assist, he told me, he's like, you know what the best moment is? Is when, when it hits you. When, uh, there, there's a Dutch saying, it's like when a quarter falls. Okay. Uh, and it a quarter, means, like a yeah, coin. Yeah, yeah, like a coin. Like, um, or, or the penny, as you yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. When the penny silly, falls. Silly. When the penny drops. Silly. The penny yeah, drops. when the penny drops. Yeah. There you go. Um, and, um, and it's like the most wonderful moment because you start to see lighting differently. You know, you start to realize what lighting does. And it's not like, oh, the, the room is lit. But you see each individual ray of light, what it's doing and what like Neg is doing, what Bounce is doing and what, you know, like, oh, there's coming light through there. It's bouncing in there and it's hitting that, but it's not hitting that. And it's like falling off and like these, mm. that, that, he was always talking about that moment. And I was like, oh, get on with it. Just tell me what to do. You know what I mean? And, yeah, then, yeah. and then when he, a couple of years later, it, it sort of did hit me. And it was like, yeah, it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like a really silly fairy tale moment where you go like, oh, fuck. Wow. That's what he's talking about. And it's, it's wonderful. And now I'm like this super anal, like on dates, I will talk about lighting to a girl. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like the stupidest thing in the world. It's like, oh, but look at this. And I like show her, like show her how light bounces my hand. And, and they go like, okay, how's, yeah. how's that go for you? How's it? How's it? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. We're not going to do that. Otherwise, I'm going to just slurp really loudly and fuck up your audio. Um, okay, Valter. Yes. Uh, welcome to the studio. Thank you uh, for having me. I'm actually quite excited for this I'm, I'm very excited I you know i love talking yeah. about film yeah so the only difference is we're not drinking any pints yeah. at the moment <laughs> it's true although to save them for pints, after talking about film is is a great way to pass the time as well yeah um okay cool i'm just gonna should we hear the first quick first question just go for it the first question okay uh so tell us about your journey to becoming a cinematographer um what's it called again when your family works in film and that's where you get into film nepotism nepotism so i'm full on nepotism no way yeah my dad is uh well i'm not i'm not a proud nepotist you know but my my uh, honest nepotist. but it's it's honest yeah it's it's uh, my dad is a documentary filmmaker and uh he used to he used to make a very a lot of really interesting documentaries all about like really rough stuff so i couldn't see that when i would see those when i when i was young but he would take me on his film sets or when he was wow. like interviewing somebody. So he would be, we would be interviewing like this really old guy, like 90 years old or something. And, um, and I had no idea who the guy was. Later I learned it was like a Nazi and he had made him confess on camera about his crimes. He was like fucking- Your crazy. dad had made Yeah, him my dad, my dad wow. is crazy like that. Anyway, he, um, uh, yeah, so he would, we would go, we would go on the shoots and we would, I would, I would join him and, and I, his cinematographer had like this big American van. You know, like the GMC type thing with like the, 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 anyway, big fan. And, and loads of stuff in that van, like stands and lights. And then a camera came out and like they had a, then the sound recorders was there and they didn't talk to each other. They just like were doing it. And it was all really smooth. And I like, my dad was just like talking to, to the, the contributor and like everything was kept up and he sets a light up and like tries out a diff yes no maybe and then all of a sudden we're rolling and it goes all so smooth and it's like this is amazing this is like it's like the perfect thing between like you get to well obviously i think that now i didn't think that when i was seven years old on the set <laughs> but 
like in hindsight, I think it was like sort of a sort of a, a, a yeah sort of an idea of like okay, this is just you can be technical, you can have like stands and 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 steel and stuff, but also creative and also like fiddling. There's a fiddling to it, like, <laughs> and I was just like, and my dad, I think at the time was hoping that I was gonna go his way, but I was just looking at the DP, just going like, oh my god, whatever this guy does, I don't know what he does, but it's amazing, and I want to learn more. Your about dad it. is the director. My dad was the director, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then fast forward, did some other things, uh, did some traveling, did some like, okay, I can't decide on what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life when I'm nine years old, so I have to like get into other stuff. I thought I was going to study history for a bit. When you when you say traveling, do you mean traveling when you were older? Yeah, when you were yeah, you? like after high school. Like, okay. Yeah, I right, come from right. a, I come from a family where it's like you. Well, it's big in Dutch culture as well. It's like after you're you're after high school, you're not allowed to. How do you call high school here? You don't call it high school. You six, go to college. Sixth form. Sixth yeah, form. Whatever yeah. that thing. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So so. It's it's big in the culture that you that you after you know sixth form you go travel yeah because you know, you're not ready to be an adult yet yeah I, I was gonna say like I met I I went to Mexico recently for like a couple months and yeah. I met so many people from the Netherlands yeah it's a, like, Dan Portugal Danish well. people Netherlands. Portugal yeah Danish people Dutch people German people they all they all go out there so I went right. to Mexico but the for Netherlands yeah. specifically felt like yeah. everybody was like mm. oh yeah from the Netherlands yeah, yeah well exactly and uh, yeah so you uh, went to you went out there I too. went I went to, I went to Mexico as well, lived there for a year Whoa, to sort of, to sort <laughs> of figure out like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? I didn't do any figuring How old out. were you when you were living in Mexico? 18. Nice. I mean, what were you doing? Just uh, Yeah, no, it was just, uh, it was an exchange and then that's how it started at least. And then after a while I got like, got in some, in some trouble. Uh, but but essentially, I got in, I got in a little bit of trouble because I was eighteen years old and Dutch and, and living like, in Mexico and living in Mexico, <laughs> so like trouble was around the corner. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I ended up traveling around the, the country a lot. And like I had, but but they were say they said like, okay, you don't have to go to school, you don't have to like do all that boring stuff, but you have to like give something back to the community. Uh, otherwise, we won't support you. And I was like, okay, fine. So I, I ended up going to schools and like giving lectures about Western Europe and the Netherlands. Me, 80 year old, giving lectures. Can you imagine? <laughs> In Spanish as well. Wow. So I, had to like, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. I speak Spanish. Well, I used, I used to speak, speak fluent Spanish. Uh, and now I speak drunk fluent Spanish. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect for the pub afterwards. Yeah. Uh, no, but that was fun. And then I came back and then I was like, okay, I guess I still want to be a cameraman slash. Well, cinematographer. So you sort of knew, like, when you were growing up, that that was sort of yeah. You, just like, like... I, I think, I think it's also just part of my personality where I just like, you know, made, I just make decisions very quickly and clearly. And I made that decision when I was twelve and just couldn't get rid of it. It was just like, this is what I want to do. Mm. And luckily enough, it's also what you need, I think, to you know get somewhere in this industry. Uh, is is you need started it quite early uh, right. because it's a long road and is another fun road it's, it's well it is fun but it's long it's mainly just long it's not like oh you do you you become a, a lawyer for example okay i'm gonna i'm gonna study uh, law and then i'm gonna do a master and then i'm gonna do an internship and then like if you do well you become a lawyer you are a lawyer mm. within six seven years and i don't think that's how the film industry works no, definitely um, not. So, so luckily en enough, uh, I uh, started really soon, which was nice. Um, 
So okay, so you come you come back from Mexico and you yeah, decide you become a cam. Uh, you want to be a cam. Uh, yeah, I want to be. Uh, I I wanted to go to the Amsterdam Film Academy, which is sort of the biggest uh, fancy school in the Netherlands. Uh, but I was too late. I I came back too late, so I did I did another small sort of sort of course um, in the in like the technical more more technical like television camera guy. Okay. Kind okay. of stuff. Like we did like TV. Like live reality t- TV stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, more live TV. So okay, you get yeah. like live TV and like, what's it called? ENG, electronic news gathering, where yeah, you go okay. out for like the BBC and, and yeah, you yeah, do yeah. a little bit of reporting, like stuff like that. And that was fucking boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I quit that. And then I uh, again tried to get into the film academy and they rejected me again. So I went to the uh, University of Arts in Utrecht, which is. They have a film course, but mm. it's sort of an all-round film course, and it's more artsy, and it's more like experimental, and the people who go there, they don't really know what they want to do. So like the first year, you have to, well, I guess you have some film courses in the UK that do this as well, but you have to sort of figure out like what you're going to do. And I came there, and I was like, I'm, I want to shoot. And they were like, yeah. no, but you're going to figure it out. I was like, no, I'm going to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, they made me actually try directing, they made me try editing, they made me try all of these things, which has actually been really helpful, you know, mm. like to know, I've even, I even worked as a production designer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm obviously in the school, but just like, yeah, me yeah, as a production yeah. designer, I have no eye for beauty. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't I'm know how to beauty. dress a room, you know what <laughs> I mean? I just put a curtain up and then go like, yeah, it's nice, right? So, um, so when they were making you try all those different things, obviously it's useful for who you are now and everything. Yeah. But um, you knew, I guess, when you were trying the directing, this is not for me. I don't want to do well, this. Well, I mean, I thought it was fun to be honest, but I wasn't, I wasn't developed enough in uh, shooting because I just came looking. You know, I yeah. made like I, I shot loads of skate videos when I was really young, and and I, we shot little short films, and we did like jackass impersonations, and we did like loads of shit. But it's obviously not a film. Yeah. You know, I made I had maybe made one short film when I was like fourteen and it I mean, I still have the tapes. <laughs> We're not gonna watch that. And uh, link, link to it in the, the episode show, description. Yeah. 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 This, yeah. this is the only link to Powder's Work that you'll see yeah. in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, it was about it was about free running as well. It's just like I wasn't into free running at all. I thought it was stupid. Like if you want to get somewhere, just walk there or cycle. Don't fucking run over there. I did loads of free running. He's, oh, big, he's, so, he's so, so, so big into it. He's so big into it. <laughs> I had loads of you. <laughs> get out. We can, get out. Yeah, we can find the Iron's YouTube videos. Yeah. The link in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> please no. Please no. Loads. Of I mean, if you do like lo- loads of. Nah, I'm not gonna make this. I'm not gonna say <laughs> this. I'm not gonna be able to. I'm sorry. Uh, so okay, so you're making skate anyway, videos. Yeah, I was I was doing that anyway. So I didn't have a lot of training. So when I got to this do this art school, it was like that was actually where it all started for me, as in like shooting stuff. Um, so I met loads of really interesting people, and they didn't. Where they weren't necessarily like, oh, we want to make a short film, we want to tell a story. They were like, okay, we're going to make an installation, we're going to make a sketch show, we're going to make like fucking super weird comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm swearing. Is that bad? Swearing is we're pro swearing here. Pro. This is this, <laughs> this is, is my new catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has that phrase. I always say the listener is looking out for it right now. They're like, when's he gonna say it? <laughs> They're playing a drinking game. We're pro swearing here. Game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, two shots. I need a, I need oh, a catchphrase. <laughs> I think it's unfair. You've got a catchphrase and I don't. Anyway, yeah, carry on. Sorry. Carry on. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, just doing loads and loads of different stuff. Um, and I don't, I don't even remember what we all did, but it was like, obviously you have assignments. So 
you know, the assignment is make a film in, in 360 degrees. So you have to like move the camera in 360 degrees and then tell a story within that, you know, stuff like okay. that. So they're all like little assignments. But the thing is with, with art schools that people want to, want they have like an inherent sort of push to be super creative. So they like, I was working with this one guy who I'm still, who I'm still really good friends with. I have a sticker of his face on my phone. That's how good friends are. <laughs> no. um, listeners, the, there's a sticker of a man. He's just, it's like a tuxedo. It's it? a tuxedo, but he's standing next to a man that isn't wearing many clothes. So <laughs> yeah, that kind of says all about my personality. No, but the, um, uh, yeah, so he was, he was, they were, we were doing just crazy shit. Like shedding stuff on fire and like having loads of fun with that, and I just got more and more into comedy, yeah. uh, which I didn't know I I was good at or or liked or you know did any of that stuff. But I got really into like okay visual comedy. How can I tell a joke with a camera? How can I tell a joke with a lens? How can I tell a joke with camera placement? Um, so I started this whole journey and they got tons and tons of comedy in the school, and it was just so much fun. Um, I learned how to operate a Steadicam so, because we had a Steadicam there and we had like a tutor that was a Steadicam operator. So I became a Steadicam operator for all the school projects. I'm not a good Steadicam operator. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not at all. But I was. Then but then but you came operator. out, so you, you got yeah. all this and then you came out and did you go straight in and work as no. a Steadicam operator? No. So I didn't want to become a Steadicam operator. I wanted to shoot. Uh, and I uh, was hoping that my nepotism was going to help me out. So I called my dad and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm a cinematographer now. And he's like, no. <laughs> no way. Dad, right? I'm officially a cinematographer <laughs> yeah. now. And he was like, no, you're 22 years old. You're not, <laughs> not going to shoot any of my shit. Uh, and he was still making like really long features at the time. Wow. You know, feature documentary films that gone that shot on 16 mil in the in winter cinema and stuff so i kind of got it you know yeah. i wasn't ready um so no I, but i need money so i started working as a spark because i did that i did that anyway during the course like did sparking jobs can you uh, explain what a spark is yes briefly uh <laughs> briefly you cut you cut this together uh, <laughs> um uh, a spark what does a spark do a spark is uh, essentially the assistant to the gaffer um so the gaffer talks to the cinematographer and and works out the lighting and how to rig it and how to place it and like blah 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 and then a spark gets like the gaffer will tell the spark hey mate i need a 5k over there blah 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 and then, uh, and then Spark says, what kind of stand do you want there, sir? And then he says, I want a three-stage riser. And then the Spark gets a three-stage riser from the van. Awesome. That's, that's a, so that's good. A that's good a brief description. Uh, <laughs> did you get those um, jobs as Spark through your dad or no, through the, no. the school? Or no. Unfortunately, the nepotism wasn't like in the narrative industry. I wanted to work in the narrative industry. He was a documentary filmmaker. He didn't know anybody there. Mm. So I had to... Again, the nepotism didn't help me. It's so annoying. If you think you, yeah, if you think you like, you know, you have this golden ticket, and it's like, no, the golden ticket is kind of worthless. Um, but it means so yeah, you've made you your own way. Which yeah, is, yeah, it's just mm, something you'll be proud of. <laughs> no, I'm jo I'm joking. I'm joking. It's like uh, I, I I kind of liked it, you know, figuring it out myself. But the mainly. Uh, yeah, I just called a, a DP whose who's work I really liked and I said, I, I think your movies are amazing and I want to work on your movies. And he said, uh, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think the camera department's kind of boring, so can I work in the lighting department? And he said, yeah, sure, here's my, the, my, uh, the email of my gaffer. And then the gaffer yeah. sent me an email back and he said, yeah, we are going to shoot a film in Belgium in two weeks. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah. 
No way. Well, I didn't become a spark. Obviously, you spark trainee, so you get like, you get like, yeah, food, food, and like pocket money, Mm. pay. And did they look at your like material from the films film no, school you went care. to? They, they don't look care at me about like that. a they just person with hands. Yeah, so they're just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we like this kid and what he's, you know, no, phone they don't call. Care. <laughs> they, they, no, they absolutely don't care. And, and if I was in their position, I wouldn't care either. Really? And uh, I'm intrigued. What, so uh, the email you sent, or how have you reached? I, out I sent side? this fucking long email with yeah. like, oh, I did this and I did this and I did this, and then uh, they didn't care. Because I, I, they were like, it must have cared a bit though, in case you were in a nutcase or um. No, you know, they literally, sure. they literally um, said, "You want to come on this job?" And I said, "Oh yeah, sure. How does this work? Do we like have an interview or whatever?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure. We can have an interview if you want that." <laughs> and I met his best boy. The guy didn't even come. Like the, man, the best, his best boy came. It was like, and I was asking him all these questions. And uh, after a while, I said, so what do you know about me? And he said, you asked for this interview. I didn't want to have this interview. <laughs> <laughs> interview yourself. Yeah. They were like, well, but this, yeah. They were, really, they were really interesting and very talented people. But they were like old-fashioned lighting uh, department. So like kind of rough, kind of, yeah, like marine-style lighting. You know what I mean? Like army yeah, back in the day, like Efficiency. the lighting department was like a, like a, like an army regiment. That's mm-hmm. how they, and uh, yeah, but it sorted me out. Wow. Yeah, so so I was a little nutcase, and they uh, they sorted me out. They made me you know straight, okay. normal, yeah. Give you not discipline. straight. Straight is the wrong word, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, got you on the path. They got me on the path, and they made me stop chatting too much and like <laughs> do your work. Yeah, they, I, was, I was constantly having an opinion, and they were like, stop having an opinion, just do the work. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. I can so imagine this. <laughs> Sorry, but no, it was like really helpful. Anyways, from that, I, I met loads of people and they, they got me on their jobs and sparking, sparking, sparking. And then you... Sorry, you want to ask a question? No, no. If you know, continue on. This was exactly what the, I was going to say. So. Yeah, so um, they... Um, yeah, I, I went spark, And then after the school, I needed money. Um, so I just called on my contacts and I was like, hey, uh, I mean, I'm in... The universe to have more sparking jobs um, because it pays really well. Anyway, it was a great. It was a great. Uh, I had a great time, and um, I met this. Uh, I met this gaffer who was also a focus ruler, and it was a really interesting guy. And we became sort of friends. And then he got me. He he got me on as his best boy for like first like small features, and then bigger and bigger. And then he uh, he went on to shoot um, uh, a feature himself. I think it was like a, a million and a half wow. uh, feature. And he asked me to get for it. Wow. And I was uh, 24 years old. No. And, uh, seems like quite a big... Two, two years, sorry. It seems like quite a big step. Then. Yeah, like, no, just, it was um, massive. It was ridiculous. A big, big chance on you to, yeah, to do that. Well, he, yeah, no, he definitely just winged it. But mm. uh, no, it was, I, was, I was gaffing a lot of stuff, but like daily stuff, small things, commercials, music oh, videos, okay. stuff like that. Um, but and then he just called like I'm doing this thing and I want you by my side and I was like oh great great but you know I'm like you know I've never done this before and he was like you'll be fine yeah. great guy and how did that that, that went well uh, when uh, well funny story <laughs> was that the producer called me and was like so apparently you're on this job what what is your normal price and blah blah, blah. we did the negotiation and I negotiated my commercial price because that was what I was used to. She was quite high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and she called me back and she was like, so I'm making contracts. Uh, and Cecilia, you were born in 91. And I was like, yeah. She's like, that makes you 24. And I was like, yeah. 
She was like, and you're gaffing this film. I was like, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, and I'm paying you this. And I was like, apparently. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Wow. And then yeah. she was, and then what happened at the end of that phone call? Was she just like, yeah, she was just like, I just wanted just to make stunned. sure. She was just like, yeah, she was just stunned. She wow. was like, fuck me. You fuck, you, you negotiated the shit out of this. I think she was just wanted to call to like give me negotiation respect. I hope, I hope that because <laughs> that was nice. Make but sure was, it wasn't a, pr- a mistake. She, yeah, no, yeah, I, I think, yeah. What but, was it like on the first day of that, that big feature film and you're, you're the gaffer and, I don't know. I mean, I've been to Gaffer before. I had a re- what I what I thought. I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this, I need a really good crew. So I got a really experienced best boy, yeah. and I got two two really experienced Sparks, uh, and I worked with um, a lighting company that is really well respected in the Netherlands, and that they have they have great service. So I knew like, okay, I'm gonna be supported. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, and um, uh, I did. But I, I, what I underestimated is how you are sort of, you're seeing this thing through to the end. Like day one is fun, but you have another 25 days to go. Yeah. And you have to, you know, you, you can, it's like being a gaffer is, is a very logistic job, logistical job. You're just constantly doing logistics. Can you, no. would you mind just, just on that point, just expand a little bit about what a gaffer does, just because I'm just thinking yeah. we, we don't, we haven't yeah, properly so, said that. I mean, there are people gaffer, that listen to this that are, don't make films and things. Right. So, so uh, if you do make films, you can skip through this. <laughs> uh, if you don't, well, a gaffer, what does a gaffer do? A gaffer is the right hand of the cinematographer, essentially. Um, if the cinematographer has a certain look, discussed with the director and sometimes the cinematographer is like me and it's very particular and wants like a, like that light there uh but other times you know cinematographers are a little bit less particular and then the gaffer does more of like oh i'm gonna use this specific light there essentially you're working out um how you're you're supporting the cinematographer to create the light that is what you're doing yeah. um, so that's that's what a gaffer does but you're but you're a supporting role you know, yeah, you want to yeah. you want to make sure that, OK, after this, you see Nicole, see, we're going to go to that location. So I'm going to send my best boy out to pre-light that a little bit. And then but I need one guy here in case like we go and turn around and I need to like relight the whole thing. Like you're constantly just thinking about those things. That's what a gaffer does. Your uh, that particular role, a gaffer on that feature film, has that informed quite a lot of your cinematography then working as a gaffer like that? Yeah. So you obviously know all the I think I am the cinematographer that I am today because I worked as a gaffer. Yeah. And I'm I think it's I think it's the like obviously in my opinion, I people will have different opinions about that and they are, you know, that there there are like a thousand different roads to to get there. But in my opinion, if you want to create a certain look, the first tool you have is light. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is what it is. Like you can put a really fancy lens on a really fancy camera, but if the lighting is shit, it's gonna look shit. Yeah. So um, yeah, just I think lighting is just the the sort of the be- bread and butter of a look of of cinematography. Um, and I, th- I hope a lot of people agree with me. Yeah, well, <laughs> I really I do. <laughs> anyway, the um, so yeah, no, I think I think it's like. Yeah, working as a gaffer, it happened by accident, but I think it was amazing to have that experience. Um, and I would tell anybody who wants to become a DP to like do a little bit of lighting, just a little bit, just so you have, you know, that, well, what I was telling you before, like that, that drop of the penny, the, the penny drop where you like, mm-hmm. you see lighting, because if you're constantly 
you're literally your job is looking at lighting and thinking how can I make it better or how can I change it or like you know what I mean so you're just literally standing next to the camera and looking at the light and it like informs how to achieve something uh, within a certain time as well within a certain budget you know what I mean the practicalities of it it's like you can be an amazing creative cinematographer that makes amazing things but if it takes you half a day to light it you yeah. know, no director is going to want to work with you because you need to get there quick enough, mm. you know. And achieve that same level of look, yeah. Yeah, and, and also, but also understand how much time things take to do and how much money something costs and how much, uh, like, if, if a director tells you, like, oh, I want to do this, 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 then you need to go, okay, that's good. I'm going to go talk to production now because, you know, we're going to have, a time or a money issue if we want to achieve all those things or I need a longer pre-light or I need and you can wait for the gaffer to say that but sometimes the gaffer isn't there with you on the on the, on the recce or whatever so you need the yeah knowledge if you have that knowledge you can like be informed and also you know sometimes sometimes a gaffer will tell you like oh I'm gonna need five hours to do that and then I know it's not the case, <laughs> you know, and I can tell him, but what is your plan? And then he says me his plan is like, that's way too complicated. Let's do this, this, this. And it's you like get David that Fincher talks about that in directing. It's like, you need to say, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, same sort of thing with, with directing, I guess. You sort of need to know a little bit. Didn't he say like a little bit about all the departments? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. but I, I don't think you have yeah. to work as a gaffer to become a good cinematographer. You just have to just like, do a little bit of sparking, you yeah. know, go assist a gaffer, maybe, you know. Yeah. You sure you can also work in a camera department, but you're constantly like taking a battery and putting it on a charger, and you're not looking at lighting. Mm. <laughs> so then you make you do this feature film, goes well. Yeah, goes fine. Okay, and then then where do you go from that? You just are you well? You I was I, no, I was yeah, I was then. a gaffer then, and I was enjoying my life. Like the crazy thing with the lighting department is that you can work seven months a year and then have a holiday for the other. Yes. Wait. What is it? Five. <laughs> Five. <laughs> I went to art school, okay? okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so three um, bad mathematicians in one room. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I was enjoying that. And after a while, I mean, I guess we're... How old am I now? I'm 30 now. I know that I'm okay. 30 now. But I was probably like about around 26, 27 when I thought, yeah, this gaffing job is all fun. But I was getting in more and more sort of, I was getting annoyed with the industry. I was getting annoyed with the people I was working with. I was doing loads and loads of commercials. And it just didn't feel like I was doing creatively getting anywhere. Did that have anything to do with the pandemic? If you were like, well, this was so. before the pandemic. Okay. So this was this. I I went to the NFS during the pandemic. So. Mm -hmm. like, All right. Okay. So so it's like this is more leading up to the decision to like go back to school, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it anymore. And my girlfriend at the time was also saying like, "You're becoming a prick. Like, what's happening to you?" Why? Anyway, I was not. Like, I was not falling. I was like, I fell out of love with with filmmaking because I was not doing the job that I wanted to do. I oh, guess. I see. Okay. Mm. So that's like. So sorry to press on this point, but when, yeah. you say, when you said you're becoming a prick, did, did she mean like you know you're becoming irritable because you're doing yeah what you don't enjoy? Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So that is that is the nicer way of saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 we're pro swearing here. Yeah. Yeah. 
But so so you basically reached this glass ceiling, you think? Well, no, not not at all. I could I could like become better. But in terms I, of your creativity and yeah, and what creativity, you're doing, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't there at all. Like I wasn't like a, the the biggest gaffer in in the Netherlands. It was going well, and I was I had I had more jobs than I could do. But that doesn't mean, yeah, I was just not enjoying it anymore. Anyway, I just wanted to shoot again, so. I just started the directors. I, I met a lot of directors in that time, so um, I I just told them all like I'm gonna stop gaffing, and um, I want to shoot. And from the 20 people I told, one gave me a chance, and uh, had me shoot a music video that he shot that he was doing um, with like uh, with like a 10k budget or something. And I was like 10 10k. I guess I don't know if the, is that good bad. I didn't know, but I, I just the producers only tell me the lighting budget. Yeah. So I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. I didn't know if if like overall ten k. Yeah. Ten k. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it was just a group of friends, and I, yeah, we and then I just started making music videos, and then I went back to my dad and I said, "Is the nepotism working now?" And he was like, "Yes. Yay. Now, oh. now oh, you can finally, so finally, we were like he got me on some small documentaries, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and we." We started shooting together and he he refound his love for filmmaking as well because he was kind of like he didn't like it anymore as well so we started shooting together a lot which was oh, just so lovely cool. yeah it was so that. lovely oh, yeah. um and uh we made all these small films all small documentaries for dutch television but they were really cute and they, like he was getting into more environment environmentalism and stuff like that and he didn't want to make war films anymore and, and it was always like it was always it was like really nice i like how he, he made you really prove yourself as well before. yeah <laughs> yeah that's so good because you yeah. wouldn't have wanted it if like he'd just given it to you to taking it for granted yeah but then, yeah. yeah exactly no he's like no he's like yeah. but also so he, because he was making different films, so he just thought mm. like, you know, it's like it's, it's smaller time. now, and like now can we like grow together again? Yeah. You know, he takes a step back, so you know, yeah, he's a nice guy actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wow. the um, no, so uh, so yeah, we started making films together and blah blah, and then uh, I met some more directors, and then I thought, okay, I wanna I wanna make more narrative stuff, so. I started chatting to people who were like just coming out of film school or like making their grad films in the school that I went to. And like, so, hey, who's going to shoot were your you? Were you just film? like emailing or were you like calling them up? Or yeah, I met them at a film festival or emailed them or found them. Well, Instagram wasn't, no, there wasn't a lot of Instagram. So you are, you are actively searching for them, right? It's the, the only way to do it. Yeah. Everybody, That's, everybody we'll ever is going to tell yeah. you that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you want to, if you want to reach something or you want to meet certain people, you have to just actively, like I met this one guy we really vibed with and he was making uh, uh, a short film about, um, uh, uh, the Second World War, the end of oh, the Second yeah, World War. Great. Both watched this movie. Yeah, and this, also this uh, is disgrace. Um, yeah, called, or disgrace will be linked in the show notes. Uh, yeah, the original yeah. title is Muffin Mate. So see Muffin what you do Mate. with that. Right. It's, I think it's like the translation. The actual translation would be Crowd Girl. Crowd oh. Girl. Yeah. Okay. That, but they didn't call it that. Can you give a really um, because we will ask? Can you give a really brief synopsis of that? Really brief synopsis. So at the end of the Second World War in the Netherlands, you had uh, uh, ladies, uh, Dutch ladies, who like you know maybe had a relationship with a German soldier or you know did stuff for them or like blah blah, and then the Germans obviously didn't win. Uh, and the Dutch uh, boys and men were really angry, and they had like a lot of uh, you know 
yeah, they, they were just like, this was a terrible time where people wanted revenge. So they uh, found, yeah, they, 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 what they did was uh, sort of round these, these, these ladies and women up. I mean, the, the guys who, who worked with the soldiers just got shot. Uh, after a war, the, the time after a war is terrible. Mm, uh, yeah. As in, like, it's, there's no rule of law. You know, yeah. so they rounded these ladies up and, um, and these women up and uh, uh, yeah, they cut their hair off and uh, put a like Star David. No, it's not Star David. Swastika. Swastika. Yeah. Swastika is the word. Um, on, uh, painted that on their head and paraded them through town. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, um, this short film is about uh, a woman who is pregnant of a German soldier. And uh, yeah, it happens. It happens to her, and it's about what that does to the family. So to you know, and the mother, is the well, mother, especially, right? yeah. especially yeah, the the mother is a. Uh, it's an interesting journey how we got to the mother <laughs> to it being about the mother because it wasn't when when I read the script. But essentially, yeah, essentially yeah. it's about that. Uh, but it's a really small and um, really small and 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 realistic story about something that I actually did care about that it was like it was a story that I thought needed to be told mm. um, which and is just the best starting point for making any film really yeah yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah I mean that film is really like I was watching that today and the production value and just everything feels really spot it was on. really cleverly um, produced as well because we didn't have a lot of money really yeah it looks like it looks loads of money. Yeah, just yeah. for context yeah. for anyone listening, is that there's there are street scenes which look like the streets are packed with hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, and it looks like a Spielberg really fancy kind of lenses and a big expensive camera. No, <laughs> <laughs> no obviously that's not the case. No. But um, uh, I'm just going to continue. I'm being really stringent on terms in terms of like keeping it to the journey. Oh right, mini- right, 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 I've got a million questions about that though. Yeah, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so you, essentially, you essentially, yeah. So he he said like, yeah, I want to shoot this. We had loads and loads of chats. So obviously. Like meeting and directors like dating, so we, yeah. we 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 did the first date and the second date, and then after a while he was like, yeah, I want to I want to be boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> so we and we then sorry, just to interrupt again, <laughs> just on that specific point, like um, you said you messaged him or you you just I don't you remember. Him a line. I don't. Remember. It was just like a random. I connection. think I think through somebody else. I heard that he was making this film. <sighs> okay, uh, and I thought that's an interesting story. And then and you like in his one work, way or? I had found his contact details and we set up a meeting i think during the dutch film festival so it's like the best time to meet anybody Mm. had you seen his work before no no i had no clue i just heard the story and obviously he was a really young filmmaker that uh was this was his grad film so he from the same school that i went to but just a couple of years later and uh, yeah, so I didn't know his work. I didn't know what he. I just knew that the story was interesting. And I thought if I chat to him, I'm gonna find out if I think he's you know interesting mm. as well. Uh, and then he turned out to be. Uh, so. Cool. And so, yeah, sorry. Yeah, continue. Yeah, uh, continue on with the the uh, this. Yeah. So I made this film, yeah. and then that got me into. Uh, there, oh yeah, so I made this film, fucking loved it, was working some more in the Netherlands, and, uh, uh, but it wasn't, again, wasn't going anywhere. I get bored very quickly, as you noticed. <laughs> so, so, so I was just like, uh, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And I always really loved English uh, television and English cinema. Uh-huh. Um, 
So I did some research and found uh, that a DP that I really loved went to the NFTS. Uh, and the NFTS kind of has a name in the Netherlands as well, but just within the cinematography world. Um, so I heard about that and I was like, okay, I'm getting fed up here. I don't really like sort of how we make films sometimes. I do like how we make commercials and how we make children's television. And like, there's a lot of, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of quality being made in the Netherlands, but not always the right people get the right chances. Mm. Um, it's kind of like same old, same old, you know, the same old people getting this, making the same old films. Uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't going to wait it out, you know. I was just like, this industry is too small for me to make, get it, yeah, get something off the ground here. It's, it's going to take really long, and I just didn't want to wait. So I thought I'm going to go to, to the NCS. So that's yeah. a bit, that's quite a big decision, though, because you're getting paid, and you're making films, and you're working as a cinematographer already. Yeah. And then to make the decision to then go... I'm, I'm going to go start over. To a different country. Yeah, I didn't study think enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say, I hear you say it's a big decision, but I didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm going to go to this school, be lily. But you say yeah. you were sort of, you were, you were just getting a bit tired of the industry in the Netherlands. And then also like, were you getting tired of, was, of trying to, to work as a cinematographer as well? To be honest, I was like, to, I was in a really like great place professionally. I didn't need to like change it up, but uh, but yeah, I was just maybe it's one of those things where like if you do something for too long, and you maybe because I already experienced it with with like switching from lighting to shooting, then I was like oh oh god I feel it happening again I'm going mm. I'm getting bored again and like I'm not becoming a nice person again and I'm not excited about my job anymore and I'm not. Like, I'm constantly whinging about bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, that was not their fault. That was all in my head. But, uh, yeah. This is getting very intimate. That's what happens when you <laughs> big questions. Anyway. <laughs> we the... uh, pretend it's all just chit-chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's but, intimacy behind the But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no. And I thought, I thought I'm just going to... I applied before, a year before the NFCS, and I wasn't ready. I didn't get in. So I kind of gave up on it. And then my housemate at the time said, just do it, you know, just give do it, it. Just give it a go. And I, I made this, uh, this, we made this war film, which I was really proud of. Uh, and I thought it was going to get, like, open so many doors for me. And it just didn't. And then mm. uh, I sent it to the NTS and went to the interview. And they fucking loved it. Like, they I'm were so excited about it. It didn't that. open doors for you, that yeah. movie. Like, it didn't, yeah, get, it it didn't get into festivals? It or? got into the Dutch Film Festival. It got into Warsaw. It got, in, it got into loads of festivals. History festivals, mainly. Um, but also, if you, I mean, I kind of know why it didn't do that well. Because it's like a very particular... It's a particular film and doesn't... You know, yeah, this is like a long conversation about how festivals work and how culture works but essentially i don't think it was like the right time to release this film that's such an interesting subject matter to go over as well yeah like yeah, but that's the thing is like your film can be fucking amazing but mm. if at the moment the zeitgeist is different your film's yeah. gonna do shit in the festival that's so just what true. it is uh but yeah that is i don't i'm i'm, I'm not I don't know anybody's things. I just see them happening. But mm. if you want to know more about this, you should talk to festival, like people yeah. who send producers, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I got to the NTS. And then, uh, yeah, now I live here and, and shoot stuff. And shoot stuff. <laughs> uh, no, I'd actually just like, I wanted to get more into narrative. And then 
the NFTs just seemed like the buy, right place to to get more into narrative because mm. that's what they focus on. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, enough NFTs chat. Enough, <laughs> enough <laughs> NFTs. Anyway, so yeah. when, but but yeah, narrative just like get more into narrative, and I met amazing people there, like Will. Uh, yeah. Anyway, do you feel like you're at a better place now here than Definitely. you were? Okay, yeah. I think I think that the London film industry and and like the UK film industry is specifically at the moment incredibly exciting. Mm. You know, so much stuff is happening here. So much shoots are going on, and maybe yeah, they're trying to move a lot of the filming out of London uh, and bring it to you know all around the UK, which I think is a great thing. But uh in, ge in yeah in general this is just an exciting place and i feel like because there's so much going on there is most of the people that i meet here and work with are just they care so much they really want to like stand out make something amazing fight the fight with me you mm. know uh and 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 like okay how can we okay this is nice but how can we make it better that's like the constant yeah, you know so drive true. that i feel is just more here because obviously it's a bigger city but it's just uh, yeah there's just more support as well from uh, things like the bfi and national lottery and the scream scotland and uh, just i mean those are just to name a few but like and and you have an investor culture like people want to you know rich people just want to invest their money in films and yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen in the Netherlands, mm. um, you know. Fair enough. Because yeah. they're not going to make their money back. And yeah, they do. Like they, this, this, this industry in in the UK understands that film is a product and a business, and that you can make money off it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that is just, I mean, that's the reality of the case. But that also means that we can make a lot of stuff. And that is good for and us. And that is good. good for that us. is amazing. Um, the light is I... bouncing on your face beautifully, oh. by the way. It's from, from your hand. So you have, oh, have this, you have like a, a so pink, yeah. fleshy bounce. Is it distracting you while I ask uh, No, no. It's in like a perfect three, two-thirds <laughs> angle as well. It's like where I put the motor face. I love this nerd chat. I would, <laughs> I would have placed the bounces right there. You just said about everyone, like, you know, uh, you know, people in, in London, uh, or the UK anyway, like really, really caring so much about Yeah, I mean, the people about. I meet, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's the NFTS vibe. I don't know, but the people yeah. I meet care. Like you, you care. Yeah, Yain uh, cares. Yain cares. Hopefully, when I meet, I when I <laughs> get to know him, Yain cares a lot. Um, I was gonna basically I want to much. go to go to why um, you would like if someone reaches out to you. So if a director reaches out to you, or like a, sh a short film, what yeah. you kind of touched on it earlier. What is it that gets you excited about a project and why would you... Because for you, and as it is for directors as well, but it's it's uh, short films are... There's not money in them. You're not no. going to make any... If if you do make money, it's going to be tiny. So it's it's what yeah. is it that's... What is it that gets you into the project? Like, why do you well, work on a short? Well, to be as incredibly blunt and frank with you, I do it for a portfolio. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. we like Frank answers here. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry to all the directors that I work with, but it was per purely based on my own uh, showreel. No, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. No, it's it's like, it's exciting to meet new people. 
that's why you do it. It's exciting to meet new crew. On short films, like I bring a lot of different, I, I, I also use it to like work with different crews mm. and work with different people. And obviously you don't have a lot of money, so you're gonna work with like, uh, yeah, green, green people. And sometimes there's like an amazing person in there that you sort of professionally fall in love with. And you want to bring them on everything that you do because they're they have a great vibe, they have a great work ethic, they you know make your work better because mm. they support you. A good training uh, ground, then you're saying. It's almost. good training ground for me, good training ground for them, but also just yeah to meet new uh, and exciting crews and and exciting directors and exciting producers and and it will always lead to something. Like every job will lead to something. So like if there's a choice. I mean, sure, I don't say yes to like the on the basis that it is a job. <laughs> like there is if, if if like the script is like really, really terrible, I might sort of go, oh, I don't know. But if I'm not doing anything, like I can sit on the couch and watch movies or I can make a movie. You know mm. what I mean? And I wanna make movies. That's what I care about. So there's always a reason to shoot something. And it's even more exciting when you get a strip script which is an exciting script when there's something in there that makes you go I've never done that before and I want to mm. figure it out or like ooh, this could maybe I want to do this thing with this weird lens and like put loads of weird glass in front of my lens and then there's like a little bit of, there's like a couple of sequences in the script where you go like oh this would, this would be great for that or you know something like that okay. and uh, you feel uh, it's nice to feel needed because short films really need good cinematography uh, or they want good cinematography they care about good cinematography young filmmakers care about cinematography it's amazing <laughs> and so 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 like it's nice it's nice that they you know want you to be on board and and they they care about you and and that you have what you want and you know it's just yeah when there's no money involved everybody's just a bit nicer it's kind of nice mm -hmm. <laughs> that's uh, why i do it yeah, kind of on that point, I guess. This is always a kind of a, a weird one to bring up, but because, yeah, like you say, short films don't often have the money behind them. Um, like, you know, they're often passion project or people yeah. are working for free or whatever. Do you kind of, like, I guess you touched on that a bit there, but do you see that as yourself doing a favor for a director or is it something that you are both doing together, like as a kind of mutual? No, 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 no. It's not at all a favor. Like, dude, I'm not... I'm not an established cinematographer in the UK industry. Mm. Just it's as simple as it is. So, uh, I, if anything, he's doing me a favor. Uh, but, or he or she, or, you know, this person, this director person, uh, is doing me a favor. So, uh, yeah, I guess that sort of answers. There it. is, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that, that kind yeah. of. I think, I think what is important to realize is like you're, you know, young film as a young and passionate filmmaker, you're growing together, um, and I love being around passionate people yeah. because I'm passionate, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And if I go like, oh, we should do this, blah blah blah, and they go, eh, I don't care. It's like you know, yeah, what's the point? Yeah. I, I guess it's like because um, you know when you're starting out making shorts, you want to get a cinematographer on who knows their shit and is very good and then you know you've had this i've had it as well when i was starting out you know it's like i'm reaching out to this person 
and I want them to work on my film for like little or no money. But I, you know, I'm really, in, I'm so into this project, and I don't want it to feel then when we're making the film oh, together that I can't get hold of them yeah. Yeah. or like they're too good or you know. But that kind even of thing. if they're like really big, nine out of ten cinematographers are nice people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, at least the cinematographers I meet. Uh, you know, they used to be dickheads in the 50s and the 60s, but not anymore. <laughs> People are nicer now. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, like even big cinematographers, if they have time, they will probably say yes. Because mm. cinematographers love shooting shit. Yeah. You know, it's just, how, yeah. They're, they're, even if you can't offer, like, because the thing is, like somebody, sometimes some really, you get a passion project, but it's made by somebody who's actually quite well established. That happens as well. And but they don't have the money to, you know, call Robbie Ryan or whatever. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie Ryan, Ryan does, does films, loads yeah. of short films and passion projects. That's here. This is mm. my example actually of my mm. point. Uh, I don't know. What I, yeah, I don't know what I want to say with that. But yeah, no, that that answers that very well. Um, okay, so you got you're gonna get, you get the script for let's say for Disgraced or uh, you know your other shorts like Terminus or the di <laughs> the dinner after. Yeah. Um, dinner after was very clear. Okay, so yeah. you get a short film script yeah. from a director. What is then your process as Val to the DP when you first get that script? What do you then because you're gonna have a meeting with the director after you've got the script? Mm. What is your process and what do you then um, come to the director with? Because obviously you'll have a look in your head probably, mm. but it might differ from the director. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. Um, I get the script, then I read the script, and then I either read it in one go or I get distracted by a lot of thoughts <laughs> and I can't read it in one go. And then I, I take a really, really long time reading scripts. Yeah, I, I try to read it a couple of times, just like as if I'm watching it, essentially. Um, because... I am I am the first viewer as a cinematographer. You're the first viewer. You're the eye of the audience. Um, so I take that very seriously. Uh, okay, how's the audience going to see this? Are they going to understand it? Maybe I have. I care a lot about story. Uh, that's where it all starts for me. I think if you have a shit script, you can. You're not going to make a great film. Uh, you can polish a turd all you want, but it will stay a turd. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you should, yeah. So I care a lot about script and in which state it is, and I want to figure out also like how the director uh, feels about the script and like how much in what state it is. Like, is this draft number seventy-five or is this draft number two? Um, which is kind of, kind of informs you how 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 they want to work on it. Uh, so I always have like questions and notes that I write down, like how is this going to work, how do you see this, uh, what is this character about, blah, blah, blah. And then if I've never worked with the director before, I'll make a visual document of like, these are some things that I thought about, blah, 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 and I don't show it to them. <laughs> I wait for them to ask me about it because some people care about it and some people don't. Um, so is as that in, oh, sorry. as in that you wait for them to ask what have do you, you think do you about have this visual do you have visual visuals with okay, you right, yeah because yeah. some people just want to just some people just want to talk about the story which is my preferred way I want to talk about the story mm. um, I want to talk about the characters I want to know what they're feeling and why they do what they do yeah. you know it's about the psyche of of these characters there was one thing like we were talking about before because um, Will said that on the project you worked together and like I know that Will was sending you some stuff over that you really wanted to talk about story. 
Yeah. Um, which is really nice, I think. Like, you know, like. Even though it's 30 seconds, it's still a story. Yeah. yeah. But even um, on the short I sent you as well, same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's just super help, must be super, very super helpful for the writer and the director in that process. But is that something that you. I mean, I'm just curious as to how you kind of developed in that reign. Like, is that something that you kind of worked well, on or is that something NFTS kind of no, press on you guys? I think it's just, I, I guess it's just like how I, maybe it is the NFTS. I don't know. I think I got, I mean, with loads of lectures in the NFTS, I realized how much I cared about story and about structure. That's true. But I think I always kind of did that of, because I, yeah, as I said, I believe like the script is everything. The script is the holy grail to every short and film and like, yeah. It, just, it doesn't matter what I do. The script has to be amazing. Mm, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's just how I think about film in general. And that's why I care about story. But also, I think I look at story differently than a director who's been looking at that script for ages and ages. I read it for the first time. I see, I will see different things. Mm -hmm. And I will notice different things. And I will look at things differently because my brain is different. And uh, I've read it for the first time. Or, and I, I look at it visually. I'm like, how is this actually going to work? You know, I look at it practically. Like, how, but how are you going to deal with that? Because they're in this room and they're not going to be in that room. Or like, or how are you going to cut this together? How do you see the tempo of this film? It will inform yeah. a lot of things, um, those chats. Uh, things like, not necessarily light, but like things like camera movement, tempo, editing, you know. Mm -hmm. And that informs my work. And then, so obviously that's informing the whole pre-production -pre process as well. But then on set, and you said this to me as well before, was you know, I'm your story ally on set. So do you think that's what the DP is as well? As obviously, the, obviously you're doing all the lighting, you've got all the camera stuff as well, but then being the the ally to the story as well with the director, because the director's got the story in the head. Yeah, you know? no, the director has the story in the head, but like, and but the director, I think, How much I think are you it's, thinking a, about it's that? a collaboration, obviously. Like sometimes I will just see something and be like, have you thought about this? And sometimes they say, yes, and I don't like it, and we're going to move on, And sometimes, which is fair enough. Mm. Obviously, they can do that. And sometimes they say, oh, it's a good shout. Let's do another take and get this out of it. Sometimes it makes it to the edit. Sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Mm. I just, I'm just there to help them get the best performance, get the best shot, get the best everything. That's my, my job. I'm there to support their vision um, and, and to make this this piece of paper into something we can look at when you're having those discussions with the director and like you're saying what do you think about this what do you think about that are you quite keen to like have quite an open discussion at this stage as to what this project will be like are you quite keen to put your own stamp on it in that no early it's not stage? about my stamp no 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 no. it's not about what i think is best mm -hmm. like let's be really clear about that it's not what i i, I just ask questions you just ask questions you... yeah i ask questions how do you see this why do you see that well, why do you think this character does that? Uh, well, when I read that, I interpreted this way. How do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. It's not my film. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. And then mm. do, do they, and do you find that often the director will say, what do you think about that? Or yeah, and then sometimes I have an opinion, sometimes I don't. Um, mm -hmm. I, link, I mean, like, it's not, I don't think everybody likes that. You know, I've had directors that I've worked with who were maybe at this, this stage not really secure and clear about what this story was or what their script was. Maybe they've read, they wrote the script themselves. 
and I go, I go in and go like, what is this about? What is that about? That doesn't make sense. What is this? And they go like, fuck this guy. No, I don't know. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's obviously like, has that has that lost you maybe work probably, with directors? Yeah, probably. I think. Mm. Yeah, dude. Like some people won't like me. That's fine. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. other people fucking love it. Uh, yeah. But I think no. I mean, I'm saying it very bluntly now. It's not that bluntly. Like, I will try, obviously, try and feel out a little bit like what the other person likes. And on, it really depends on the job as well. If, so, if we're talking about short films, then we're obviously going to talk a little bit more about story. If we're talking about music videos and commercials, we're going to be talking about visuals. Yeah. In the in in the NFTs, I was going through a journey of like not. Uh, being too specific about how we're going to shoot some shoot something too early on because mm. I was realizing more and more that how we get trained in the Netherlands is that we have um, we have a certain amount of money and we have a certain amount of time and those are all very limited and uh, therefore we're going to shoot a 10 page script in a day Mm. Um, and that's just how we work. So you have to be very clear. You have to have a plan. You go on set and you shoot your plan. That's how I'm trained. I don't think that's how you make movies. And that's oh. what I got. That's what I noticed in the UK is that there's a lot of, there's a lot more emphasis on what do the actors do when they read a scene or feel out a scene and when they're in the space. What, where, do they, where do they stand? Where do they land? Like you have to give them the free roaming ability to find that as well because their emotion and they are the character, you know. They know way better where they're going to sit than I, what I'm going to think of because I think it's convenient for the light, you know. Um, and they never sit in a convenient place. <laughs> no, 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 they do sometimes. Like so nine, nine out of ten they sit where you think they're going to sit. Um, so you would sorry I'm interrupting yeah uh, you would block the scene out maybe yeah so we get there block the scene out the actors you know we never never tell them where we think they should be yeah. some some directors don't want me there for the first blocking they want to do it themselves uh, absolutely fine I think it's less efficient but mm -hmm. that's fine like everybody wants to work in a different way so we did we, we watch the first blocking we do another maybe another rehearsal we decide on the positions, like some like really uh, amazing second AC will come in and put marks down and I say, take the marks away. Because <laughs> <laughs> at that very moment, I was like trying to work with as little marks as possible uh, of like, okay, what does that do to, my, to me? I want to be, I wanted to be the, the, the actors to be really free anyway. So um, we, uh, yeah, and then we see it, and I tell, and then we have a little plan that we made of like what what shots do we actually need for the edit, and they're always like twice the amount of shots that you do actually need. Yeah. So uh, so there and then you see the blocking, and you go, oh, actually I can combine this with this if I track from here to here. Then he says this line, I want to be close there, but if I put a bit of track down, I can just wheel into it, uh, and then we land it in over shoulder, and then oh, if I put the camera over here, I can actually have a master here. Uh, so but you we just need these lines from there. I think 50% of the things that you come up with, you actually are going to shoot because they're like the classics, you know, they're like the, ooh, they're like the one close up for mm -hmm. that moment or like the stuff like that. 
but uh, the other 50% was just like, oh, com combining a lot of stuff. Like, oh, if they move here, they move there. If she stands up, then I can do this. Mm. Uh, that was one of the favorite, um, my favorite parts of working with you actually on, on our shoot was we'd actually shot everything we needed. And then we had this kind of moment at the end where we were all just talking, you, me, and the actor. Yeah. And he came up with an idea, and I came up with an idea, and you came up with an idea. We just combined them. Yeah, all. and he just did like, oh, I can also do this thing. And then when he said, I can do that thing, I said, oh, we can then do this move. And he said, oh, but if you do that, then we can have this timing after that. And yeah. then, you know. And it made and it. And it's like the, the amalgamation of ideas, which is, which is what I sort of love the most. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now... I'm now just weirdly doing as least prep as possible, which makes me look really lazy. But it's just like because I I be yeah. really believe in the um, in 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 sort of the the power of the moment, mm. the power of 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 uh, a yeah. rehearsal and yeah. an act, a combination of an actor, a cinematographer, and a director. Yeah. you can't you can't you. But I think that that can come out about through loads of prep as well, though, right? Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, it's still prep tons of shit, like yeah. logistics and all that bullshit, but. I mean, like, sort of like really saying, oh, we're going to move from here to here. You know, well, there's a beautiful story that the, the Coen brothers always say, you know. It's like, yeah, we shot list every film, every close-up, every over-shoulder, blah, blah, blah. And then we, do, we don't look at the, the shot list or the, or the storyboard, but we end up shooting 90% of it. And, and that, is, that is completely true. Like, I think loads of prep is amazing and you should do it because you need a plan. You need a backup plan. If... You know, if you're on a set and 20 people are looking at you and say, "What we're we gonna do now, Gov?" Yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to have an answer, obviously. Uh, but uh, don't be married to it. You know, mm -hmm. be open to the to what's happening in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Like, but there's always, there's always <laughs> I always have all my papers with all the prep on the magliner, and like in the on the first day, the second day, she will hand it to me. And I go like, oh, right, yeah. And then I put it in my back pocket. And I never look at it. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody prints it out. And he goes like, should we stop printing this stuff for you? And I'm like, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, I have that. And it's in my head. It's somewhere in my head. You know, it floats around in my silly little brain. But uh, it's, it, 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 it's still evolving. Evolving. English. I speak English. <laughs> uh, it's still evolving. It's like it's it's a it's a it's it's a little organism, you know, that that or a Pokemon. You can call it a Pokemon, you youngsters. Uh, <laughs> um, like uh, yeah. just just a really quick question on that. Yeah, go on. But do you ever feel like oh god, would you be concerned that you'd miss a shot? Like there's a you always uh, miss a shot. But like there's a shot. There's like, no, you get into the edit. There's always going to be. Oh, I wish I had a. But you don't. You don't have a. But you Just don't like think, it. oh, that cutaway, you know, that um, that cutaway that was important in the, you know, in the pre-production or like anything like that. You just, you just think if it wasn't important on the day, it's Have not. Have you ever looked at your pre-production notes when you're in the edit? No, I never in the edit. But then no. I do think sometimes when I'm in the edit, I go, fuck, man, I did think about that shot beforehand and I didn't get it. Right, yeah. Well, this happens, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, and if, that, you have, and you have a good, if you have a good editor, they will sort you out. Mm. Good sure. editors are important. <laughs> I love good editors. Most, loads of my friends are editors and I have so much respect for them. Yeah, fair. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, I'm sidestepping because I think you're right. Yeah, sometimes you, yeah, you don't, you miss a shot. I, my, the first commercial I did at the NFTS, I 
did this. I did a bunch of prep and then I, but I, I used to self shoot and not storyboard or shot list anything and just go and shoot it all. Um, but I remember this, uh, I was shooting with Lukash and I'd, I had storyboard and I had a shot list and then the sh- I gave shot list to AD, made a whole, you know, his whole schedule and he had the size of it. And halfway through the day, he's like, dude, you haven't shot anything that's been on this, uh, <laughs> on this list. I was like, no, but then I paid for it. I definitely paid for it. Mm. So I've had it both ways, but I've had it the opposite as well, yeah. where I stuck way too close to my boards well, and then I'm, I got I've burned. Lear- what I've learned mainly from that is like you, it, it, it's, it's really cheap. Sorry, I think I think in money terms too much about film, but I'm just gonna keep on doing it. Uh, it's really cheap to sh- just shoot that one close up for that one line. Yeah, it ju- it's not gonna cost you the rest of the day. The AD is gonna tell you it's gonna be really big, and like we don't have time for it. But you literally just shove the camera in somebody's face and you, and you say, okay, roll the camera, just say that line a couple of times different ways so you have it. You have that one close-up to come back to. Because the amount of times that I've had a conversation with an editor where they told me, you didn't shoot that close-up. I go, yes, I'm sorry. I thought I was, <laughs> and then I didn't because I thought we didn't need it. And then in the edit, you do. And like, yeah, like you're, you're absolutely right. I do, it, I do it more often now. But sometimes I believe in the power of the master, for example. You're like, okay, we're going to play the scene out in this one wide shot. And it's going to be amazing. And then sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. <laughs> and like, you need this one close up. I was going to, did you have a question? Uh, we actually had this uh, with Alex. We had Alex on the podcast um, yeah. a few days ago. And we went to the pub with him after. And we were talking about this. About, so... What if, so playing the whole you play the whole scene out in the master, and then it's we we're just talking like do you then play are you playing the whole scene out in a an over the shoulder and you playing the whole scene out no. in an over the shoulder again no, it's kind of ridiculous isn't which, it you're not doing anything there do. there's yeah. a, there's a but then you don't give as much choice to the editor but then you're not actually directing you're not doing anything on the set well there's right? a be- the editors there's a beautiful story about uh, of uh, an interview with uh, Samuel L Jackson on YouTube Google Samuel L Jackson. YouTube. Uh, and also Google, Google, Google YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Google Samuel L. Jackson and uh, maybe like uh, bad directing or something. Yeah. Because he has an amazing quote. He says, uh, he, he says exactly that. Like, okay, we do a master, then we go for an over shoulder, then we go in tighter and then tighter and then tighter. And then we could turn around and we do the same thing and we play the whole scene. And what you're going to get is a shitty performance because you wear your actor out. But you were saying the opposite. Jan is an actor. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like... Well, when... it depends on the actor, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I mean, like, no, no, I totally appreciate that. Like, if you're just going to do this, do the scene endlessly from every angle, then totally to yeah. appreciate you're going to wear the actor out. It's going to be stale. Performances is going to be bad. But when it's like, you know, when I'm coming into an over-the-shoulder shot and I'm just somebody just says to me, okay, just run those two lines... I find that quite hard as an actor to mm. get into the space of the scene and get it get it right. Do you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, but then that's so I quite fine. Like running yeah, but then that, you say that. I, yeah. Then yeah. you then you as an actor like that's yeah. the beauty of of you as an actor. You can just say, "Oh, can we just run the whole thing?" And then nobody's in a second gonna go like, "No." Yeah. yeah. Nobody's yeah. gonna so, say yeah. that. You so, know, even the the harshest director. You know, even Ridley Scott will sell. Fine, you do you, baby. Yeah, like <laughs> just, just um, that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I guess I don't know if there's is there some sort of balance between like shooting the shit out of it, but or and also letting the actor run the. Scene. But you do I, I you and watch so I, many shorts and things that you think are overshot. Like, I have my opinion about it, but it doesn't make like my opinion doesn't really matter mm. because yeah. at the end of the day, it's the director's choice to do anything. I can tell him like, hey, 
uh, him or her to be like, hey, uh, it is going to be quicker if you just run the lines you're going to need. And I can say that once, but if they decide not to go with that, it's like, yeah. fine. Editing is your show. Half a scene. Just, just, it's just like, you know, when I get, it's just, it's just hard to like get the right. Yeah get in the right zone for it i guess but i think there is definitely a balance then to be had because on yeah. my on my last one um the one you're in i got was very specific about where certain, certain shots ended and where i was gonna because i had it all cut in my head but yeah. then i i kind of got burned you a little bit have a little bit of head like, but i didn't even give myself that i didn't even give myself that headroom and it was kind of no, getting into the scene like but and i think i think with experience you i'm not saying you guys are inexperienced just <laughs> years wow. and years and years. Now, get out. Get oh, out of this studio. Get out of my studio. You, the, like, let me, let, okay, let me put it differently. Cut that. I'll just drop that. No, no, no. Mate, we're joking. We're joking. Yeah, and, but on. essentially, I've seen, I've seen really experienced directors uh, work. And what they do really well is without you noticing that they're not going to run the whole thing. They just like, pick it up from, uh, when you say this line, and you yeah. think, "Oh, fine, great, I'll do that," and you, your head in your head, you go, you go, "Oh yeah, so we've done that." I'm now a little bit angry. Uh, oh yeah, she said that. Mm. Oh, that was pissing me off. Great, boom, and you're in it. Yeah, that sort of thing, like you because know, it, it I, just I can, all met, it just all. I think it really depends on how you're being treated and how how you're being directed. Yeah. Mm. I hear if you. you I hear you. I guess it's just yeah. I, I mean that sort of thing. I kind of feel like okay. So we're at a halfway point in the scene, or you've just sat down. Those kind of things are easy to make. Kind yeah. of. Do you know what I mean? Like actor yeah. in your head. And, go okay. Yeah. This is this beat. Like narrative filmmaking in general, nothing is black and white. So mm, you have yeah. to, you know, people are people. You have to feel out what what does this person needs. What does that person need? Like mm. some actors will love it if you go. I just want these two lines. Or some, or some actors say, no, I need to get into it. Okay, so uh, like I want to get quite animal. specific, quite specific. Um, yeah. So a short film that you shot called the, you um, with the DOP on called The Dinner After. Yeah. And then there's a music video that you shot as well um, called Worthy. Yeah. And in both of these, for context for the listeners, um, we will link Worthy in the show notes. So, yeah, that is you available. can do that. Um, there are a few, quite it's a few quite stunts, old. quite a few stunts in yeah. those. So people being like thrown against a wall or like thrown like through the air. Yeah. Um, those are like big things to do. And I was wondering how do you, how did, well, practically one, how did you do them? Yeah. And then two, how did you approach them with the director, production designer? And, and did you have a stunt coordinator on set? And I think uh, it's really funny that you picked up on those two particular uh, examples because the dinner after was a very low budget and we didn't have a stunt coordinator and we had to do it all with clever filmmaking uh-huh. tricks. So it's all trickery. Um, for con- Are you talking about the in the dinner after? You're talking about the moment that she's like flung against the wall yeah. and like glass. Yeah, so that's really, really simple. Uh, I know there's a cut point there. But there yeah. yeah, there's obviously a cut point. We have... So context, have, she, there's a, the main protagonist is walking in the corridor and he's thrown against the wall. Yeah. By, yeah. A, by a force. So uh, funny enough, the director of that film, very talented guy called Maddie Crawford, um, he, uh, he is very into that stuff of like technical filmmaking, mm. how to solve those little problems, which I have a lot of respect for because I love that as well. Um, so that was a lot of fun to figure that out. But essentially... Uh, yeah, so like, if you don't have a lot of budget, what you do is you think of like, okay, how, what are other, what are the, 
one of the shots that we need. How can I hide stuff? Because essentially you're just hiding it with a camera move, or you're hiding it with a speed ramp, or you're hiding it with a sound design. Mm. Sound design is really important with stunts. Um, and so what we did, we filmed it all on our phone and just tried it out, edited it together. Is it working? No, it's not working. What are we going to change? Um, so we did that a lot at the dinner after. As in, like, he threw himself against the wall? Yeah, we just, yeah, wow. he threw himself against the wall and I filmed it with my phone. And then we edited that together. There are, I think, I think 90, we were living together at the time. Uh. So we were just constantly, like, I would either run down with an idea and then we would make it, or he would, he would be like, I got it, this is how we're going to do it. Uh, there was a lot of Amazon shopping involved, <laughs> <laughs> like finding, um, uh, yeah, finding like a, a blast. So it's one of those things that you pump up and then like sends pressured air into your toilet to unblock it. You can, <laughs> you can fill that with like fake glass. And so we had like fake glass and like, like flour and just and like literally just sprayed it into her face. Uh, no. And then you do, and then you do a little whip hand to give it some force. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, so said, so, yeah. So, and and actually, I showed him worthy that bit of worthy, and went like, this is when you do it in a wide, but we can do the same technique in a close up. And then we ended up replicating that uh, same move. So because there now, is a move like that. In exactly. Worthy. So in yeah, worthy, yeah. there is yeah. the exact same thing, and that was because the director showed me a Foo Fighters video where they did the exact same thing, where loads of fluids come out of a tower of speakers um, and uh, it's a really famous video you should watch it it's amazing it's like the Foo Fighters are playing and there's like a rain machine and then and then oh, and then like loads it. of police come at them and they rah. it's a really it's an amazing video anyway link it in the um, show notes <laughs> link it in the show notes maybe that's, that's my get, phrase yeah. that's <laughs> my thing you have said that's that my thing yes um, uh, so but with Worthy was a higher budget so we had, just for that video, we had, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the budget. It was enough. Don't say the budget. To have, uh, it was enough to have uh, a stunt coordinator and two people with ropes and they rig people on ropes and they have, yeah. And they, so you go there with, this was saw in a, in a studio, in a stage, uh, quite a big one. So they could just rig everywhere. Right. It's really so. The only thing that you really have to work out is stunts take time. So on on a on a ten hour day when you're shooting a music video, well, I think we did like a fourteen hour day. Ended up being a fourteen hour day. But you have to work out like, okay, if they are rigging, I can't shoot that direction. So what am I going to shoot in the meantime? Mm. Um, and we're all shooting in the same space. So yeah, it's just like a little puzzle that you have to do. Um, but yeah, uh, with these stunts, they call them pullbacks. They call them pullbacks. Stunt people have like names for it. Pullbacks. Which are just really simple names. They just say, oh, we're going to do a pullback. And it's like, okay, great. <laughs> Sweet, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I just show them, like, I want this. Can you do that? <laughs> and then they go, yeah, sure, we can do that. Anyway, so they have to rig people. And then they have to, these were non stunt people who were like pullback, they were actors. So. They, you have to like train them a little bit, so they take them apart, and then they tr they go like, okay, you have to jump, and then we pull really hard on you. So two guys, literally just jump off something high and pull right. this person right. back through the air. Shit. Um, I, I, oh, just sorry. Um, carry on. I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, yeah. Well, is that, am I still am, 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 am I still time? answering the question? Yeah, no. definitely. Are. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the last thing I was going to say about it is that um, uh, yeah, we we just saw on the set that it wasn't really having the intensity that we needed. 
So we on which end, one? The music video? Or the, yeah, or? because it was really wide. Stunts don't. Stunts need to be like if you shoot a wide shot of stunt, it needs to be a very fucking impressive stunt. Mm. Uh, with everything, like everything, just looks not as impressive mm. in a wide shot. Yeah. That's why we shoot close ups. It's like the filmmaker Sledgehammer is a close up. Mm. <laughs> you know, when in trouble, shoot a close up. Yeah. Um, but the um, uh, yeah, so so it wasn't looking very impressive. Um, so we ended up doing lo we put like loads of particles in it, added some wind to it, then had a, somebody in the foreground just falling backwards, but just like without a rope, just like on a mat. Um, so you just add layers and layers of intensity to make it believable, essentially. Right, right. So even though even though you have a big old stunt guy with a rope pull system pulley thing, you end up doing all the silly tricks still. You know. So you put wind in the wire? Yeah, we do put like, yeah, so we had a wind machine and we put like loads of papers in front of the wind machine. So it like stuff flies through the air. Right. Oh, and then, and then it wasn't, and then the director said like, oh yeah, I saw this thing in the Foo Fighters video, we need to do that, which is just literally just like you pan into something. Mm. So you do a really quick, forceful pan as if, as if the shot is being, being pushed, uh, essentially. Yeah. Good. And then you make it, make it feel interesting. I have another question about that music video. So, again, watch this music video. Really, really good. It's great. Um, Guess what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, um, I didn't know it was that. I made it I like, really like a long time ago as well. Um, like five years well, or something. Okay. Yeah. But there's a bit as well, like, so before everybody, like, flies through the air, <laughs> the camera is, like, pushing into him playing guitar, and it's just, like, wobbling. Like, I don't know if you remember this bit. It's like oh, yeah. a real yeah. Like, aggressive shake. Yeah. But I'm wondering, what are you doing with the camera? So I hold the camera like this, and I used, uh, I developed this technique called the camera bang. Right. <laughs> is this, have you coined this phrase? No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, because what I do is I have two hands, hand grips on the sides. And um, in the music video, I think like we, you're building up intensity. Is it a handheld shot? I think so. Yeah, think it's so. probably a handheld shot. Then, yeah, what I'm probably doing is a camera shake. Uh, so I have two hand handlebars on the sides, one in front of me, one on the one one backwards. The camera's on the easy rig. I shoot a lot with the easy rig, and then with the left one I operate, and with the right one I just bang my hand really forcefully on the camera. Right. Well, yeah. You actually, like, <laughs> you actually yeah, just hitting it like that. Or or what I do is like. I'm really good at being a shaker, so I can shake the camera <laughs> like that. You are that's proper shaking. I just caught an eye yeah. on that. For the listener, um, yeah, Bauta was just doing a very good shake. Just shake yeah. his whole body. While his hair was going but, everywhere. But, but the shaker you can't do for too long. So what, but it's a better effect. But the, what you can do for very long is just hit the camera really hard. Um, I was going to ask something about Disgrace. Yes. Okay. <laughs> about Disgrace. Um, because I, lo I, I loved making that film. It's okay. just such a, a fond memory. Okay. Uh, okay, my question about Disgrace is, so the, how did you go about creating that look? Obviously, it's it's a period piece. Yeah. And you're, we're not living back in the 40s now. Nope. So how did you go about creating that look with the production designer, with the, co the costume designer as well, and mm -hmm. obviously the director? How well, did you go really about doing that costume. on a budget as well? Like, how did you do yeah, that? Yeah, I think, I think for this, this uh, short... I think we had a third of the budget we needed, <laughs> mm. uh, which is always the case yeah. in shorts. Uh, I think a third was still luxury, I guess. Uh, but uh, no, I didn't. The, the The beauty of of a period thing is that there's a lot of history that informs you. 
uh, and I uh, love history. Uh, so yeah, with everything, it was just like, okay, how did it do back then? And what, what do we like about that? I didn't really chat too much with the costume designer um, because she was really good. She just knew what she was doing. And I said, the only thing I, I sort of talk about sometimes is like, oh, this color, this color. I'm gonna light, for example, I'm gonna say, oh, I'm gonna light this room with this color that might not really work with brown. Do you have gray or something like that? Mm. And they go, it's a terrible idea. I'm going to go brown. And I say, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's their job. They can do whatever. I can ask I can ask for things nicely. But, uh, and the uh, production designer was really talented. She ended up winning a prize for that film as well. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, production design in, in Oxford. Uh, but uh, 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 so with the production designer, we found, we found a, a museum uh, in the north of the Netherlands in a beautiful old street that, old you know looked apart a lot of the netherlands still looks really old okay. like the inner cities uh that weren't bombed just look like that okay. um so it's just it's a little bit cheating but uh we found a museum really small really nice people they had a little shop in it so it was already a shop they already had the all the old uh products and everything we even had to take most of the products out because it was like end of the war and there wasn't a lot of food so it was like this weird situation where we actually found, just found the perfect location where we could do everything. We could do the streets around it and blah, blah, blah. Uh, there, were f there were four other locations that we went to before that. And director kept saying, like, we have to make a decision now because we blah, blah, blah. And me and the production designer kept sort of putting it off, like, no, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's right. I think it's going to be a lot more work to get it in the state that we wanted to have it. Uh, and the director is an amazing guy, so he agreed. I was like, okay, okay, let's keep looking, let's keep looking. And after a while, they just found the perfect thing. Uh, and when you're shooting something on a budget, you just need the perfect location. Location is mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. um, first, script. <laughs> Script's good, then you find the perfect location, and then you're 90% there. <laughs> Casting. <laughs> like, that's just, just this yeah, low budget yeah, filmmaking. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, we found the, the most amazing location and then because it's the war, there's a lot of enthusiasm within, you know, a war reenactment community. So finding extras, mm. finding war equipment, finding trucks and stuff like that, and old flags and old uh, costumes and like stuff like that. It's just really easy to find. Um, and then because I was... I had uh, I had worked as a as a gaffer for a long time, so I had a lot of friends and rental houses that wanted to help me. Uh, so they gave me a really good deal. Uh, and because we were constantly in the same space, we were able to pre-light the whole, uh, ev just everything. Uh, okay. So we pre-lit a base lighting for all the rooms, and then the only thing we had to do is put the big the big lights outside. Um, and uh, yeah, plug in and, and, and ask the council if we could plug into the mains of the city, which was interesting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we burned through, <laughs> we, we like, yeah, we burned through some stuff and then they had to put an electrician in. To, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> for <laughs> art, darling, it's for art. It's for um, art. But uh, no, everybody was just really sweet. And also because we were not shooting in Amsterdam, 
it was like it's the same here in london i guess it's like people are so used to shooting they are not like oh wow you're gonna make a film oh that's yeah. amazing it's like we were shooting in the north where nobody shoots so everybody's just excited that was happening mm. so you get a lot more fee a lot more help with that um yeah and then uh we had also we had six days we have six, yeah we had six days to shoot that film really wow. it was really nice yeah. uh and and then so yeah so that was already sort of the start of uh me and the director had worked the whole film out on his whiteboard at home and we watched loads of loads and loads of films not war films because i thought it wasn't interesting to recreate Schindler's list or whatever yeah. like you know like people have done that yeah, yes yeah, we need yeah. to create something like Different. what? What is the what? What? What kind of characters are these? What can they care about? What is the what is the emotion of, that we're trying to capture here? So we watched films like Her, and we watched films like just we watched Her as a reference. Yeah. that's so interesting. Okay, we would just watch loads and loads of films about interhuman relationships because mm. that's what this film is about. Like it's set in the Second World War, but it's not. Uh, it's not about that. Mm. you know this is like getting to what's what's it actually about yeah what is the, the core, what is this film so we had there. yeah we had, again tons and tons of discussions about what is this film about mm. uh that's also when they decided to change the main character because the main character was first the girl who was got who you know who who got her head shaved and then they're like it's not working it's not working it's not working i agreed with them in the nicest way possible and then, and then I, I don't know who it was. It doesn't really matter who it was. We just said like, why is it not? Why the main character is not the mom? And then everybody went, Buh. yeah, indeed. Why is it not the mom? Because what have there's more of a journey, an emotional journey, with the mom, with the mom than with the with the, with. The, it's, it's very rudimentary. What's happened? Like very harshly and bluntly said, what's happening to her is her head gets shaved and she's ashamed. Mm. Not that interesting i mean it's interesting but there's none of an emotional journey there with the mum like she has to deal with the shame of the neighborhood what people mm, think of mm. her like how how is she going to accept the baby yes or no you know it's still she's still going to be the grandmother of this baby it, but is she how is she going to deal with that there's mm. a lot more interesting questions which you can lots play of decisions with. as those well are decisions that have to be made I think we should ask you our final yeah, questions big, of short big films, question. big questions. It's an important question. I think the questions were very friendly up to now. We're very friendly up until now. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't, I'm wondering what's going to happen now. Okay, well, this is quite a friendly question. It's a really, no, 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 it's, it's, it's it's pretty, a really important question. Uh, we'll judge you massively by yeah. your answer. So, uh, uh, it happens to every guest. Every guest has to answer the question. Mm -hmm. um, the question is, what is your favorite short film? I, I I think some, I'm going to be very, like, annoying and not really answer the question. Ugh, so no, like, no, not, yeah. allowed, not allowed. I think, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of music videos are actually short films. Okay. Uh, and I have a lot of favorite music videos. Uh, and um, uh, there is a director called Romain Gavret, and he makes music videos. And uh, if you don't know them, you uh, are... You're you're bad. You're a bad person. <laughs> you're just a terrible person. I'm bad person then. So. Yeah, you should figure. Uh, you, should, you should go on his Vimeo and look at all. He made he made music videos for um, 
uh, paper plane that, oh, shit, uh, okay. and stuff like that. Uh, and some of his one one there's one um, music video that he made. It is just I think the best short film I've ever seen. What is it? Can you tell us? MIA Born Free and why it is so good. And I'm going to tell I you. I know this guy. I, I think I've met him. Roman Gavri. I went to a talk he did um, at a cinema. And he I'm was, so jealous right now. You met my hero. He, literally, there was like 10 people in this cinema. I used to work there. I was running the event. Um, and he's he done a film with Vincent Cassell. Have you seen that movie? No, I don't. I haven't seen which which one with uh, Vincent Cassell? I probably I'm I'm scared. I'm not gonna like him. That's why um, <laughs> it's really it's I really liked it. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not, not really, really good. Um, okay, it's and he also did a movie with Jamie XX. I think. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, he yeah, played I did too. gosh. Yeah, gosh, oh gosh, he did gosh. He did the gosh. Yeah, but the gosh one is not as good as the boy. I really liked it. But we he, we basically played that, and he played um, his new feature. Is it the world is yours. Uh, I cannot remember oh, the name of it. It's probably not. It's probably earlier than that, to be honest. It's somewhere, but it's like um, yeah, Vincent Cassel and somebody else in it. I really liked it. Um, he's, he's, yeah, uh, think, yeah, this one. This is Notre Jour. Yes, Beyonce. that looks I, better, right? Yeah, I think Vincent Cassel is amazing. Anyway, I'm not watching anything. Cool guy, really cool guy. He's he's not only really cool guy. I think he's like he's just so good at building tension. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the hardest things to do. So if somebody does it within with with a, with a five minute music video, I think, yeah, we we should we can all learn a a great deal from that because building tension and like grasp the the thing is like he's this music video is like quite high concept shit, but he finds a way to visually tell us what these characters are what they need, what they want, and what they're scared of, and then building tension of what's going to happen to them. Because he works with tropes that we know, but also introduces new concepts and ideas, and he does it all in three and a half minutes. That's that, I think story that's a great, well. it's a very, very, very well sold. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to watch that now. I think we should watch it when we stop recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. That's been great amazing. Session. Our most amazing. Joe Rogan podcast yeah, yeah i think so quite think informal so. but nice really nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i liked it well, um, I'm, I'm happy i'm happy you uh, you guys liked it yeah well so yeah, we tell so we tell the uh, the audience the secret of why it was so good oh yeah please do i think we should, uh, should come clean just come clean or you should come clean no i'm not gonna say it you, you might to, pop, no. you might no because everybody will think i'm like a weird Tell I us. Spi- I spiked my tea. Oh. <laughs> spiked, spiked his own tea with rum. I put a tiny bit of rum because it was too... I was by too a tiny afraid. bit, he put like half a bottle of rum in <laughs> And by, by tea, true. by tea, he means a glass of rum. <laughs> <laughs> by glass, he means a pint glass. <laughs> we had to stop him from getting more. We had to lock the door. No, um, no, no. Well, thank you so much, Walter. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, and I've learned loads about you now. Yeah. I didn't know before. So, well, thank you guys um, for uh, for indulging me to natter on for yeah. ages and ages. Nattering is fun. Um, um, should we sign off? How do we sign, sign off, off? baby? How we sign off? I think we just sign off. Say bye. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> Goodbye. Let's, Goodbye. Yeah. Let's get the